So I want to say you're an unsung hero. You are investing in your family. You're doing, you're working your tail off to put bread on the table. And you've got this side business, which is lashes. And it's amazing. You don't have to be this amazing salon owner. You don't have to be the leader of a lash empire. You're taking care of your family. And there are seasons in life. I tell this to everybody. There will be a time when those kids get older and you can't imagine it now because they are just pulling on every apron string and you're just lucky if you can go to the bathroom by yourself. But there will be a time when they will leave and there will be less responsibility and you're still going to feel young. I promise you. Always ask why. Why is this the way it is? The whole goal is to rise the industry, to grow it. Yeah, don't worry about giving us credit, guys. We're not here for that. If it grows the industry, that's what makes me happy. When you first said it, I was going to hang up. (laughs) It's not a race you want to win. Yeah, you're going to lose because it'll be too cheap. You'll be working for like McDonald's money. Otto, Mitter, onto our show from Alibana. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board. Okay, we'll take 20. I I can't do math. I'm a beauty professional. Yeah, panning. I do teeth whitening. I'm like, okay, there's some point where you got to draw a line. My biggest concern is longevity and making sure that you've got the best possible mechanical fit. If you're looking for a lash podcast that will challenge how you do lashes, build you up, and help you create a business that not only thrives, but allows you to live a life you're proud of, you've come to the right place. This is LashCast. Your friend in the lash industry. Coming to you from the City of Roses. This is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, how's it going, my smart cookies? <laughs> yeah. I had a little pause there. Yeah, Sorry, I know. that didn't pause. sound so natural. You were looking at me I was like, like so excited to say my smart cookies because you guys are my smart... Well, you guys are smart cookies. Yeah, you're not hers. No, you I know. I, you do not belong to me. You are independent, fiercely independent, strong men and women that I just so admire and... I'm lucky to count you as my friends. Yeah, there was a time I remember seeing a video of someone that influenced this is years ago, and they were talking about their staff. And I just cringed because she said something like, Hey, I love my staff. I just want to put her in my pocket and keep her with me. All, no, all no, because she did her hair. And so yeah. she's like, I just want to fold you up, put it in my pocket so I have you every time I need you. And I'm like, Oh, that's your staff you're talking about. You're going to put them in your pocket? I mean, I just, that ownership thing, like where I own you, you're my personal slave or something. It just was, ah, I don't like that All right, so I beg your pardon, my smart cookies. Yes, you're just saying. My friends, my. Yeah, I know, but you don't mean mine, like I own you. I own you, smart cookies. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, just a little thing when you, if you ever have staff, just realize they're your team. You guys are a team. You work together. Without you, all of you, the team doesn't work. And I just think that's a mentality thing you need to remember. Sometimes people will, I can't wait to be uh, the boss and I can be in charge and you can all be mine. And I'm like, no, no, that's not the way it works. It's really a bad way to approach being an owner. And I, we know because I think in the earlier years, we kind of, I don't know if we were ever that extreme, but I did think we, we they owed us or they, they belonged to us because we invested so much in them. Uh, yeah, I confess it is a novice mindset it is yeah an immature mindset which we had yeah which you had which yeah you always find out i mean even now today we find out things we go wow 
that doesn't really work the way oh, no. we think today. Oh, you guys know what that's like. It's like you have this moment when you're like, hindsight is twenty twenty. You're going along your day and you're thinking like, oh my gosh, remember that time that I did that so bad. So yeah. can you think of anything like that? What no. you do? Come on, you got to share something in UK, juicy. Well, maybe we're in the UK. Oh, um, wait, I'm going to share yeah, something I'm that sure I have remorse and I wasn't uh, even there. Oh, you weren't there. You just, you just have this Listen, picture of this me. is like so awful and I think of this all the time. Okay, so. 2010. Okay, 2010, Paul. I even know the year. <laughs> he knows what it time. is. Yeah, because this is brought it's up so, regularly. I'm so mortified. So he goes to Japan and he's I'm there with, to work on the video project. And he's there with his uh, friend Darren, who was a fellow I've known filmmaker. Him since second grade, we've known each other, been friends forever. And then he also took our son. Do you want to tell the story? Because well, I know I, that. Okay, so this is what brings nightmares to us when she sees me like overseas. Because she's seen me in Cambodia, she's seen me in Thailand. She knows that. I'm one of those loud Americans. That's just who I am. Anyone knows. Like, if you're at LashCon, you come up to us. I mean, he's the one that's got this booming voice and laughing obnoxiously. Well, it's fun. It's fun to be I mean, we Paul. just had a moment at Disneyland the other day. We were at Disneyland. Our daughter graduated from college. Woohoo, go feet. Yeah, and so as a gift, we went to Disneyland for her graduation, which is funny because she's 23, but she's a kid at heart in this area. And we're there. I won't say what, but I said something loud. And the kid's like, oh, my gosh, Dad, why are you always being so loud? And that's just me. So, anyhow, back to Japan. So we're in Japan and we basically got to take the subway, which was really fun. The Tokyo subway is amazing. It's just massive. It goes for hours forever, it seems like. And you can pretty much go anywhere. We took the subway a few times. We were mostly working, so we didn't have a lot of time. But whenever we were, I noticed what happens on the subway is everyone, when they get on the train, everyone pulls out the phone and just looks at the phone and everyone's quiet. Everyone's just sitting there looking at their cell phones, reading and, and all. And me and Darren, because we're in a new country, we're like, hey, look at that. This is so cool. And I'm, we were like enjoying the moment. We were excited. We were telling jokes. We were observing so cultural differences. Awful. Okay, so I'm like watching videos later. Like this is years later. Like yeah. YouTube videos on like etiquette, you know, going to other countries and things. And one of the things about Japan is that they're so polite. And they're very conscious. Like you don't talk on, on the, the plane train. because it's annoying to other people yeah. around you, right? So it's considered rude. It's considered very rude. And in emergency situations, you can take a call from your boss, but you like acknowledge, you like apologize to everyone around. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm so yes. sorry. Right. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I know my husband. I know he was just guffawing and laughing. And, and I said to him, I asked him later that night, I said, were you talking on the train? He's like, of course it was. I'm like, I'm you were laughing, it. weren't you? Yeah. 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 And I'm like, oh no, I can't believe you doing that. You were looking like an ugly American. I was. And his answer to me like, nobody said anything to me. <laughs> of course they're not going to say anything to you. They think that you're an ugly yeah. American. I know. I so know. anyway, so that's one of those hindsight moments. Like when you're thinking, you're going along your day and you're thinking, oh, I did that. And so the same thing when we were in the UK just last week. Tuss is always looking at me like, just be quiet. Just be respectful. Not that the UK has, this, I think, the same kind of thing. I don't think that it's... I mean, I think the UK is more reserved in some ways, but not like Japan. I feel like Japan's very rude. I don't think rude. UK... It's very rude to be loud and talkative and over-animated and all this stuff. I don't think... The UK has that same thing. I didn't get that, at least. I didn't feel like it. But you still were always like, you know, it's just... Remember, you're in another person's country, and you need to be respectful of yeah. those people and not be disrespectful and just be loud. Go, hey, look at that. Wow, this is really cool. And just, just you know, being obnoxious. And so I try. You did. You did a good job. I try. I try to be a little But more. every so often, I will bring out that Japan, yeah, Japan story. Yeah. Story. Just... 
Just to humble me, remind me that I sometimes talk and don't speak. Do you guys have moments like that where you're like, oh my gosh, I wish I didn't do that? Anyway, Uh, yeah, you feel feel bad about that. So to bring the story full circle, I guess that's what we're talking about. You learn things when you're younger and you're 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 just not as fulled out as a person and you think, oh, you know, I'm going to be the boss, right? Yeah, exactly. So which let's bring up today's topic because we haven't even told people we're going to talk about unless you look at the title which I'm sure will at least sort of hit that. What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk today what does it take to be a millionaire? Ooh. And this I'll be honest this isn't because we're millionaires. Well I'm going to say should we even be talking about this because there's a thing that says if you don't know you should be talking about about it. it. The reason why we're talking about it is I think a lot of non-millionaires are talking about how to be millionaires. (laughs) And I think it's kind of the thing. I see everyone saw popping up, and, I, and some of these people are wonderful people. I, I don't think they have bad motives. I just think they're trying to make it sound a little too easy, and that it's just something that's anyone and everyone does by the time they're age 30. And if you're not a millionaire, like, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you a millionaire? And yeah, we have heard it said that it's normal. It's, it's normal. normal to be a millionaire. Yeah. And I want to give some real stuff. And I did a little research, not a lot. And I've actually, we're big fans of Dave Ramsey. And Dave Ramsey talks about this stuff in his podcast too. Entree Leadership. Entree, or even his other show. But that said, being a millionaire is very attainable for everyone. But, and if I, and you don't even have to make millions a year to be a millionaire, by the way. There's really simple numbers out there you can figure out, and we'll share about that in a little bit. So, anyway, that's what we're going to talk about. But, real quick, what we should do first, let's talk about some announcements. We have. The whole thing's all finally coming together. We have so many exciting things for this year all rolling out. So hopefully these will be options. There's going to be lots of different things you can do. I don't think you'll be able to do everything that we're a part of. We'd love you to see it, everything. It would be wonderful to see you. But that said, pick something. Pick one or two things this year. And I promise everything we're doing all has value. You'll get something. So first, let's talk about the last con or last conference extension that we're doing at the premiere show here in Anaheim. And that's going to be April 2nd, 3rd. We have five speakers. And it's really, this is not like, LashCon's all about business. This is about technique. It's going to be a classroom style teaching. So we have Ali Lilly going to be speaking. We have Kim James from Barbara Lattice going to be speaking. Tusney is going to be teaching. We also have Ruthie Bell flying all the way over from Europe to here. And Tress Larson from Lashbox LA. Anyway, all of them are going to be teaching different aspects of things about lashing. Tusney going to talk about retention. Ruthie Bell is going to be doing on retention. Tress Larson, I think, is going to do something on the volume lash. Kind of her thing. Kim, I know, is going to be speaking on lash lifting. And Allie's going to be talking about the strip lash stuff. All kind of like the special. You mean the strip lash look, look. not like yeah, how not to put stuff. strip lashes on. Not how to put, but the look, how you create that with lashes. So, anyhow, it's going to be great. April 2nd, 3rd. But all you have to buy is the premiere ticket to go. You buy the premiere ticket, then you have to sign up for our classes, which are free. In the future, they'll probably be charging, but right now, just to get this rolled out, you get it going. Plus, we have to, you know, we want to see like 100, I think, seats for you. We really want to get you there for you to really take these classes and learn a ton. Premiere is a very large beauty show, beauty In Orlando, exposition. Yeah, it's Orlando, it's like 60,000 plus. Anaheim's new. So, so they're really trying to promote it. So it's the beauty in like hair and nails yeah. and skin and, and all In that kind of stuff. In the past, it's been hair and nails. And now they're really trying to add skin and lashes as new things that upgrades it. I think they're expecting ten to 20,000 at it. So it's going to be big. And us lash artists are 
an underlooked and underserved part of the beauty community. Which is why Premier reached out to us because they said, look, we really want to connect more with the lash industry. And they said, we hear you're good at that. So they said, could we bring LashCon in some way to Premier? And so we said, sure. But it won't be LashCon. That's why, because we don't want to gut LashCon and make it another LashCon. So it's it's a LashCon-inspired event, meaning that we have great speakers, top-of-the-line speakers, but this time it's all about technique as opposed to business, which will be LashCon. So let's talk about LashCon real quick. Tickets still are not on sale. They'll be up, God willing, but late March at the very latest, maybe April, but I'm really aiming for late March, and we will have ticket sales there. You can just go to LashCons.com or look at Instagram or best. Join our email list. Become a LashCast insider. Just go to link on the show notes or link in the bio on Instagram, and you can sign up by getting on our email list. You'll always get notifications when things happen, so you'll be the first one to get in to buy the tickets, and we will be, I'm, I tell you, when they go on, the the VIPs will be sold out within the day. And then who knows about the, the regular tickets, standard tickets. Those will last for a while at least, but you, you'll want to get in right away because there's good chances. Even though we have a much larger venue, we've already sold, I think, 250 tickets about. And I can just imagine that was in four days. So now with everyone else knowing about it and we're closer and we'll have a four-month payment plan, I could see us selling hundreds, if not over a thousand tickets in the first few weeks. And it's going to be in Anaheim, and yeah. which is just 10 minutes 10 minutes walk of Disneyland. From Disneyland. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. So, more details to come on that. We have Tessa's upcoming trainings for her last retention class. We have Vegas, March 18th through the 19th. We're going to be in New York on May 5th and the 6th, and Newburgh, just about an hour north of the Big Apple, and then June 8th, 17th and 18th in Austin. Texas, and there are payment plans for that too. So we will be at Lash Fest March 25th through the 26th in UK again. Can't wait to be there. We're going to be at the Lash Boss, Con- or Lash Boss Conference or Lash Boss Summit, I should say, April 22nd through the 23rd. And then the next premiere event, which is in Orlando, 3rd through the 5th, will be there in June, June 3rd through the 5th, with another lineup, which no details for that yet, but we're working on that. What about Lash Bash? And then we also have Lash Bash, which is coming, well, we have Lash Bash that will be in New York and Newburgh, and then we also have one that will be in July, that we don't have the exact date, but early July in Hawaii, guys. That's going to be super cool. And and then we also have our IBS show. We're going to be in IBS doing a party with um, with Shelby. And that's going to be on June 25th. And that's going to be at the Sahara penthouse that we're going to suite. Um, That's going to be amazing on June 25th. Do any of you guys remember the Brady Munch? I'm sure no one knows what you're talking Does about. Does nobody know the Brady no, Bunch? No, the Brady Bunch is dead. Okay, well, there was this one episode where they go to Hawaii for the that's week, right. right? Vincent Price was in this episode, so that's how yes. old this episode yeah, is. Yeah, knows who he is But either. the thing with the, when they would cut the scenes when they were in Hawaii, the cut sounded like, Hawaii, Hawaii, Hawaii. <laughs> I don't remember that. Remember? <laughs> no, I don't remember that. Oh my gosh, we have to like put uh, that in there anyway. Uh, yeah. All right, so that's it for announcements. Let's get into what does it take to be a millionaire? And maybe this doesn't have to be a very long episode. I just want to let you guys know that I know everyone wants to be a millionaire. It's just I just see the posts and talks and people encouraging you like, hey, you know, this is what it takes to be a millionaire. And it troubles me sometimes because some of the times they make it sound like it's super easy. They really do. They're like, oh, yeah, all you need to do is do this and this and this. And and I don't really like this either. This is another one, one of these trends I've seen that kind of bothers me where they show you their numbers. Now, they don't show you the parameters on which those numbers came. Like what their expenses are? Well, no, no, no. That's a different thing. I'm doing like how long did it take to make that money? I see. Was it one month? Was it two months? Was it 10 years? Not always clear, right? So you don't really know. 
And those numbers can be manipulated and changed and falsified wherever they want. So they're using it as a way to create, to validate them. Say, I'm for real. You should pay for my training. You should pay for my coaching. You should come to my events because I know what how to become a millionaire. And the truth is, I really don't believe, I don't believe this. I've said this in past podcasts and I've said this, we've talked about this a bit in the last probably few months because it just bothers me because I feel like there's a lot of shame and a lot of knocking people down and making them feel worse about themselves. When you hear, I'm a millionaire, why aren't you? A millionaire, it's it's normal to be a millionaire. No, it's not. It takes a lot of money to get to be a millionaire. I almost think that no one in our industry is a millionaire. Almost not. I could probably think of a few people. But wait, don't we know that some companies make, a lot of companies make a million dollars in sales? Yes. Weren't we a million dollar salon? We were a million dollar salon and we are a million dollar business as of last year, 2022. So what are you saying, that we're liars? Yeah. No, just because you make a million doesn't mean you're a millionaire. Maybe these people don't know that. Maybe they don't understand what a millionaire means. A millionaire means you literally have a million dollars I really argue not a million dollar in assets because assets can disappear. Things can happen to them. They could, you know, a million dollars in cash in your savings account. Oh, is that what a millionaire is then? Yeah, you actually have liquid money. You can actually get to it. Not when money is in investments, it's not liquid. And there might be restrictions to how you can get that money. So it it could cost money to get it out. And so there, there can be penalties and such if you take it out too soon. So, you can be a millionaire. Yeah, obviously, if you have $5 million in properties, let's say, you're a millionaire, even though that's not liquid money. That property is not going to devalue all of a sudden down to $500,000. I mean, it could, but very unlikely. But what I'm just saying is that most of the people that say they're millionaires have companies that make a million dollars, but that doesn't mean they have a million dollars in their bank accounts or investments. That just means that their business made a million. Like, for instance, I mean, for us last year, even though our company made a million, we almost put all that money back into the business. We carried very little over in our bank account this year because we're still in the building mode. We're very much in the like, right now we're building, so let's if we have leftover money, let's find ways to invest it back in the business to grow the business so we can do more to next year. To create better experiences. Yeah, because we could have cut back on the experiences last year. We didn't have to do last sponge. We don't have to do the parties the size we do. We upgraded everything. We went and spent more money once we saw the ticket sales, we went and said, no, let's go spend more. Let's expand. Let's grow this bigger than it is now because we want to do things that really make it special. We bought lights when we went that cost us a bunch of thousands of dollars when we had the party in Vegas so that we could light up the place and we knew that we'd keep those. So we spent a couple thousand dollars, 3000 I think, on that. And so we spend money on stuff knowing that it's going to, in the long run, pay off because it's built for the company but it hurts our profits, right? We're still lean. Very we're still lean. Super lean. Very lean. And this year, we're going to probably stay lean because I'm going to be hiring more people. So taking our profits instead of me just putting in savings and keeping it for ourselves. Like, no, no, we're still in the growth phase. I'm going to take that extra money and use it to help the company grow more. And that's what most of these companies are doing. Even if they're making a million dollars, their expenses are probably between 800, 900, 950,000, which maybe means if they're really smart company, if they make a million, they'll have a hundred thousand dollars in profit. That's after they pay themselves. I mean, if they're doing it right, they pay themselves and they kept a hundred thousand in the bank for the company so that the company could have a profit margin so they can, you know, invest and have a, a rainy day fund and all that type of stuff. So a million dollars doesn't go very far. Once you add taxes and you add all the expenses and everything before you know it, that million dollars is gone. And these companies, most of these people, they'll have 
some will have a few people, some will have 10, 15, 20 people. So if they have that many people, even if they make 5 million, 10 million, that money doesn't go as far. Now they may be super good margins, but no one is paying themselves. Even if the company's paying $3 million a year, and let's say they have eight or 10 staff, no one's paying themselves 1.5 million of that salary. Unless they're paying their people dirt and they're okay turning over their staff like every three months because you know they're paying a minimum wage or something. But that's not really what's going on. And so most of these companies are paying a decent wage and the owner maybe is making a few hundred thousand dollars a year, which is great money. But even a few hundred thousand, you know, say hundred thousand that goes to taxes. So now they have two hundred thousand that they make, which is good money. But can you really are you a millionaire if you make $200,000 a year? Is all that money going to the savings? No. Yeah. Why don't you share what Dave Ramsey talks about on the best way to become a millionaire? Yeah. I mean, a lot of us look at like the fast life and you think, oh, it's really fast. I need to just do this, make this Bitcoin investment or do this and that. And then all of a sudden my fortunes can change and yeah. presto, I'll be a millionaire. Maybe I just need to get all these followers and do this formula and maybe buy this coaching because they know. Yeah, they and know. Then, they, and they made a mil- they're millionaires. They're, million- they're, they're churning out not. millionaires. So not. if I do that, then I'm... So what do you think? Here's the thing. Let me give you some formula. Dave Ramsey says, basically, they've looked into this. I don't remember the details on this, but most millionaires are made over 30, 40 years. Most. Most of us love, we all want to be that instant overnight success millionaire, and that's not the norm. Like when I worked in Hollywood, once in a blue moon, you hear a story about some screenwriter or an actor who got signed or found, and they got signed a $5 million deal or $3 million deal. And yes, that was a quickly, instantly overnight became Or a like a lottery. You can or win yeah, lottery. win the lottery. Or if you're an athlete, you, you, know, you have to be the best at the game, and you get signed, and they give you a $100 million contract or something like that. So these people become millionaires pretty quickly overnight. By far, the majority of people who become millionaires are the people who save. That's how you do it. And when you're young, like most of our listeners, I believe, are in their 20s and 30s, you're so young right now, you don't have to save a lot. Just I did a little quick research. If you have 40 years, let's say you're 25 right now, you're going to work for 40 years, you're going to work till you're 65 and retire, but everyone retires later now for the most part, but let's say 65 still. You basically only need to save $179 a month So that's, you know, maybe $2,400 a year. You do that for 40 years and you get a 10% return. I mean, you've invested, you don't just put in a bank account, but you invest it in some stocks, bonds, stuff like that. You just go get a financial advisor. That's the best thing to do. Get a financial advisor now that you're young, hire someone. And maybe we'll do an episode on that about financial advisors. Yeah, that would be one that'd be smart. Because right now, yeah, you should save some money and start a savings plan and have someone guide you and help you along with that. Anyhow, so just to say you save $2,400 a year for $179 years, a month. $179 a month. I'm a little less than $2,400 a month a year. But you'll be a millionaire after 40 years of doing that. Now, here's the truth. As you get older, you can increase that. So if you just did the bare minimum of $2,400 a year for 40 years, and let's say right now you're making 30, but let's say by the time you're 40, you're making 120. Well, you probably save more than that. Now you can put in double or triple that. And so that million now comes, becomes 3 million or 4 million, depending on how much you can put in there. Let's say you don't have as much time. Let's say you only have 30 years. It'd be $481. So 30 years, 481 uh, a month. So that's like six, a little less than $6,000 a year savings. You do that for 30 years, you'll be a millionaire. If you have 20 years, let's say in your 40s, 20 years. Now, this is going to take a little bit more. You're going to have to save almost $1,400 a month. So you have to save, you know, uh, what was that, you know, 14000 you know, a little $16,000 a year 
But here's the thing. I don't yeah. want people to get discouraged. Like you haven't been financially responsible. That's okay. No, Most just, of us aren't. You can start just putting a little bit away. Yeah, Whatever start with you something. can. Start with 50. It doesn't matter. Because as you get older and you make more money, you'll find more ways to put larger lump sums in. So let's just say you're doing 16000 a year. Well, $16,000 a year over 20 years will make you a million. Now let's say you're, you're in your 50s and you only got 10 years. You're going to have to be putting $5,000 a month. Times that would be $60,000 a year. 60000 is a lot. So if you make $200,000 a year or even three hundred, let's say $300,000 a year after taxes and you pay for your house mortgage and all that, I don't know if you have sixty grand just sitting around and going savings. Probably not. Most people spend above that. Like if they've got 200000 left after taxes, they're going to be like, well, let's say they spend 50000 on a mortgage and then they have clothes, food, travel, all that. Before you know it, they may have only twenty, thirty thousand 30000 left. So that's really hard to save and become a millionaire if you only have that much money. And now you're in your big earning years, usually you know, 40s, 50s, and 60s, and you, you can only put 20,000 aside, you're not on track to be a millionaire. And that's why I say it's, not, it's actually difficult to become a millionaire. The only way that you can become a millionaire if you make insane money, like, like let's say you make a million, you actually literally make a million a year, but still after taxes, after expenses and all that, you make a million, okay, you pay 300,000 in taxes, and then you pay for all this. You still are gonna be saving a couple hundred thousand, let's say at most that year. So that would take you five years, at least four or five years to save up a million dollars, even if you paid yourself a million dollars a year. So what is the point? The point is this. I just want to let people know that don't feel first, don't feel bad. When you see people peddling the idea that you should be a millionaire or everyone's a millionaire, or if you're not a millionaire, there's something wrong with you because you're missing the boat. Or I saw a post recently, if your business isn't bringing in $20,000 a month, there's something wrong with your business. Yeah. Which I found incredibly shaming. Because you don't know what they're asking. What, what are you trying to build? Maybe you're working 10 hours a week or 20 hours a week and you... Or like, I thought I was doing pretty good. I'd make a couple thousand a week. I'm working this job and I make six, $8,000 a month working part-time. I mean, it depends. What are you trying to accomplish? What do you want in your life? Do you want to make that million dollars a year? If so, yes, making $20,000 a month, you're not going to get there. You're going to have to change some things. Now, I know that there are a lot of ambitious, hardworking, aspirational business women. You guys are listening to this. This is who you are. You do lashes and you want to do a really good job and you aspire to have something bigger and better than what you have right now. However, I just want to encourage you that success doesn't necessarily mean, oh, it's going to be this million dollar business. You're going to have this lash empire. You're going to be the owner of many salons or a brand. Many of us right now are busy moms. We're wives. We're girlfriends. We have other responsibilities. Maybe you're caring for a sick relative. Maybe you're also caring for nieces and nephews. Those obligations, they prevent you from doing the business that you want. And you keep thinking, well, one day, one day I'm going to do all this stuff. I don't want you to live in that limbo of being like, well, one day I'm going to make it. I want you to look around and see your surroundings right now and see yourself for what you are. You're doing an amazing job because you're the mother of your kids. You're the wife to your husband, your your wife, your girlfriend, your partner. Yeah, partner, yeah. And you're investing in them. They're the priority right now. And because they're the priority, it means that other things take 
the back seat. You could say, you know, to hell with all you guys, <laughs> to, hell, to hell with all you freeloaders, you know, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to, but most of us would look at that person that would like shoo, eschew their, their responsibilities and say, there's a moral bankruptcy there because who just abandons your kids? You know, you don't, you don't want to do that. Right. So I want to say you're an unsung hero. You are investing in your family. You're doing, you're working your tail off to put bread on the table. And you've got this side business, which is lashes. And it's amazing. You don't have to be this amazing salon owner. You don't have to be the leader of a lash empire. You're taking care of your family. And there are seasons in life. I tell this to everybody. There will be a time when those kids get older. And you can't imagine it now because they are just pulling on every apron string and you're just lucky if you can go to the bathroom by yourself. But there will be a time when they will leave and there will be less responsibility. And you're still going to feel young. I promise you. Absolutely. And I think the thing to realize is what do you really want in life? And I know when you're 25, it's hard. When you're younger, it's hard to know that. You don't, you just, you're just kind of guessing. And good news, you're young. You can change, by the way. You're not stuck in one path. Like, I think I want this. I want to work really hard. And then all of a sudden you meet some guy and then you decide to have kids. And then all of a sudden you're like, you're married and, you, and you're like, wow, I didn't see that coming. I, I thought I was going to be a millionaire running a salon and all this. But now here I am, I have three kids and I, I don't have the energy and time to do that. It's okay. Life changes, pivots. We adjust. Things happen out of the blue that you don't ever see coming. Like I didn't see myself working in this industry. This was not my long-term plan to be working in the beauty industry. But I love it. And being able to adapt and hold loosely to your plans and enjoy the moment is is so important, I think, to really finding joy and enjoying your life. Well, this is one of the benefits and beauties of being lash artists. You really can do do it on the side. You really can have your home-based business if that's legal in your area. It's okay just to have your small little salon. It's okay to only take two people a week. It's okay to do that. You are successful because you are taking care of the things that matter most to you. The other thing I want to encourage you to do is You know, we all want luxury. We all want beauty. But I I just want to encourage you to perhaps, instead of if you have a little bit of extra money at the end of the month, I mean, take care of yourself for sure. You need to do stuff to make yourself feel special. But instead of maybe going for the Starbucks or the expensive handbag, like we were talking about earlier, put a little bit of that away. Take pleasure in the fact that you are investing in your future when you're saving the money. And that's just kind of like a mind shift to be a little bit more mature. You're delaying your gratification. And if you can learn to encourage yourself by like, I'm taking care of myself. And that is a little bit more glamorous than a handbag. I mean, of course, you're going to have to mentally adjust because who wouldn't want a lovely handbag? But it is being more of a grown-up in some ways. I mean, in the long run, if you want to be a millionaire, the key to doing that is actually saving and saving a little bit right now. Most lash artists make probably between 20000 and 80000 That's probably 89% of our industry. So it's hard to become a millionaire when you make that if you think you're going to do that overnight. You're not. You're going to have to save and, and take a conscious effort to put $2,000 a year aside and put that in the bank and let that accumulate over 40 years. That's how you can become the millionaire. You're not going to become a millionaire doing last training, most likely. And if you do, you're still going to have to do savings because how much can you really make doing training? If you work every weekend and you make $10,000 to say a weekend, that's only $40,000 a month. That's $400,000 a year, let's say for an 80. But again, all expenses, travel, hotel, food, all that stuff. Okay. So are you really making four hundred eighty thousand dollars a year? No, of course not. You're making 
let's say 300,000. And then if you have a family, it's hard. It's it's hard to live. Well, yeah, them. you can't be tra- gone it's every day, three days, four days a week, traveling. Teaching. It's like I say, you can't have two masters. You will either love one and hate the other. Yeah. And it's like you'll either hate going to work or you'll hate having to have your family. So this is what you need to do, guys. Change your expectation. It's okay to want to be a millionaire. I think all everyone wants that. But realize how you're going to get there. For most of you, it's going to come from long-term thinking, saving every day, putting some money in the bank, and, and investing, not just the bank. Make sure you get a financial advisor and invest that so you get some returns on it. And over 20, 30, 40 years, you will be that millionaire that you always dreamed of. And then some, maybe a handful of you will one day own a business that drives in 10, 20, 30, 40, $50 million. And even then, I promise you, it's still going to take three, five, six, eight years to get there. Minus, I can think of maybe two or three people I know of in our industry that got there probably quicker than that. But they probably worked eight, 10 years in the trenches before you even got to the point where they made that kind of money where they could save it quickly and become a millionaire. That's the truth, guys. Please don't fall for the ploys just because someone says, I make a million dollars in my business doesn't make them a millionaire. I'm sorry if you're listening and you're one of those people. I love you probably. I know you probably. You do great work and you're, you're helping serve the industry, but you're misleading people and maybe not, not willingly or not un, or unknowingly. You're saying things because it helps create authority and you think that's how you have and to do it. And who doesn't want that, right? Yeah, we, I know. We, we've all been there. We've all done that so kind of thing. we just want to change the dialogue and say, guys, that millionaires come from saving and long-term thinking, not from a quick cash in over some sort of gimmicky way of selling something and then overnight you're a millionaire. It's just that doesn't happen. And then the side encouragement for me is to take pride in what you're doing, even if the world and everybody else thinks, oh, that's just a little side business. To me, you're the hero of your family. You are taking care of them and you're doing something on the side. You're making people feel beautiful. And it's not always going to be this way. Even if you, you know, you will continue to grow, do the best work that you possibly can. The accomplishments of that will pay off. There's a lot to be said for doing good work. I have had, you know, not only just worked in the film industry, but I've worked in many other little side gigs and jobs. And I always found a way to enjoy it. And the reason why I did is because I took pride in my work. That's why I took pride. Not so much always in the paycheck, because I made some really crappy paychecks in my lifetime. There was one job that he had where he worked like a dog and he made $100 a week. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. (laughs) So the truth is, working in itself can be the reward. So doing lashes can be the reward. Yes, hopefully make a good paycheck, but you can create the life that you want as far as the freedom. You can take days off. You can be with your kids. You can be with friends. You can do whatever you want. You're much more flexible working for yourself. Or if you want to be a salon or any of these things have all their pluses and minuses. But in the end, just doing good work can be the reward in itself. And that's for me what it's always been is like, why do you work so hard? I, I think our kids sometimes have questioned like, why do you work so hard? You haven't always made good money doing this. And I'm like, I know, but... I take great pride in my work and it's my name that's behind it. And as a Christian too, I feel like my work reflects my faith and my creator and who I believe and I serve and that my life work is for him. That's right. To live for him and to make sure I'm honoring him. So I work my butt off because, you know, it's the audience of one as Christians will often say, I live for an audience of one. And so. And the audience is God. Is God. And so with him as my my, my, who I'm doing. That means everyone I serve, I need to do as if basically God's my boss, right? So it's like, did you do a good job of serving your lash community? Did you do a good job of serving your wife? Did you do a good job of serving your kids? And sometimes the answer is absolutely no. And that's heartbreaking. So for me, I've learned over the years to find great joy in whatever I work I can do. It doesn't matter. I can find, and it's not about the pay in the end. 
So I guess a little two cents on the find job satisfaction. That's for me. That's how it's always worked for me. And hopefully for you guys, if you're listening right now, when I see the stuff about millionaire talk, I sometimes, because I feel bad. Because I look at that and I'm like, wow, I'm, we're not quite millionaires you yet. Loser. And am I missing it? Am I doing something wrong? And I'm like, no, you know, we made some really bad financial choices and our salon, you know, the way it ended was a nightmare. And so we lost money, a lot of money in that. We've had a lot of disappointments. We've, we've made a lot of money and we've lost a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> and and we're back into place where we're in a positive cash flow again. And we're, we're going to continue to build off that. God willing. We're rebuilding. Yeah, we're rebuilding and getting in a healthy place now. And but- if we can do it. <laughs> Yeah. You guys can too. Most of you are way younger than us. So you have lots of opportunity and, and lots of room to do some amazing stuff. So I just want to encourage you with that. But that all said, guys, we should go. We should wrap because Tessa's client's about to walk in through the door. Love you guys. So thanks, guys. That's a wrap. We are done. We're out of here. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast and at The Last Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my Lash Squirrel, Tusney, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. 